You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We do have a new caller. New caller, what's going on? Hey, Ryan, this is Tim, calling in from sunny Los Angeles. Long-time hey. listener, first-time caller. I decided to call because I just got some things I want to complain about about the NFL and the offseason, the way people talk about teams. First thing I want to complain about is the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell. It is annoying me so much the way people are talking about that. I got a coworker, he's a nice guy, I love him. He's a good big football fan too, but he will not shut up about how much he loves Campbell and the Lions. He was saying they said, Oh man, the way they came, they beat your Packers. Oh man, that was that really made me believe in him. He really knows what he's doing. Does he? Does he really? I mean, he's a career record. Oh, we lose you? Hello? 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 Alright, let's try that again. Ryan, this is Tim from Los Angeles again. I hey. completely botched that last call. Oh, I told him to get up. Sorry, I completely botched that. Let me try and make a second attempt here. We'll call him, call him first time call because I'm complaining about a few things the way the people are talking during the offseason. First thing I want to complain about is Dan Campbell Alliance. I am so sick of everyone hyping up the Lions. I like Dan Campbell is this amazing coach when his uh, career record is... I can't oh, sorry. His career record is 17-28-1. The guy has never won anything. He hasn't made a playoff game. His biggest accomplishment of his career is beating a crappy Packers team last season that was phoning it in. Rodgers was clearly spent. I just cannot stand the way they're hyping them up like they're going to be some Super Bowl contender this year when it doesn't really look like they got any better in the offseason. They didn't make any moves. I don't know. I'm just not buying it. The second thing I came on to play about is actually the Jets. Hold on one sec. Uh, I was typing something as you were doing that. I wanted to look something up. Um, you're right. I mean, as, essentially, and, and again, I'm I'm... I don't want to say on board with it because I'm not, because they're a bad football team. But, um, you know, first of all, the Packers have struggled with the Lions for quite a while. Even when we were beating them, we were kind of struggling, right? It was always a tough match. Not always, but um, we've had problems with the Lions for some time now. That's been known. It's not like a Dan Campbell thing necessarily. But you're right. Essentially, what what's really amazing about the Lions is that they're less crappy than we all thought that they would be, and Dan Campbell gets credit for that because they shouldn't be that good because their team is so full of garbage players. And honestly, that's not even necessarily true anymore. There was a time when there was no talent on that team and they showed a lot of heart and were winning games that they shouldn't have won. At this point, they're one of the most electrifying offenses on uh, on the field as far as the amount of points that they can score. The quarterback is decent. I mean, last year he was actually quite good. Amon Ra is one of the better wide receivers in the game you have one of the best offensive lines in the game the defense isn't good but it's not as bad as the one that he got we're, we're kind of to the point now where it's like i feel like 
at best, you're meeting expectations. You're certainly not exceeding expectations anymore. And yeah, your record is garbage. You've never been to a playoff game. And as I said, I think that this whole Dan Campbell effect of this, this buy-in and belief thing, I think it's going to start to wear off because it has to at some point. You know, for obvious reasons, but I can't stand the way people are talking about the Jets, too. They would say, oh, these are much better weapons than Rodgers has had in years. Like, really? Are they that good of weapons? Like, if they were, if their offensive weapons are so good, then why both their quarterbacks suck, or other quarterbacks sucked so much last year? I mean, Mike White was not good. People act like he was uh, going to save them and he not got injured. He was not very good at all. I do not get why people are saying their weapons are that great. Like, they need to prove it. The second thing is that was Bill Who the heck is saying that? <laughs> Who is saying that he has good weapons over there? He has Garrett Wilson, who is solid, but is nowhere near what Devontae Adams was when he was playing here. I mean, again, I remember it was the uh, like one of the PFF shows or whatever, I think. Maybe not. It was something else. But they were like, man, how far back do you have to go to find a a team as talented as the one Rodgers is playing for right now? We'd have to go all the way back to 2021. You know I mean? This is this is not anywhere near. In fact, this might be the worst offensive group he's played with, including last year when you factor in how bad that offensive line is. The tight end situation, I think, is worse. He actually really liked Mercedes and Tunyon, despite their um, some of their not necessarily top-end abilities. They don't have good tight ends there. The running backs are worse. The only thing better about this year's Jets offense and last year's wide receiver options is Garrett Wilson is probably better than the wide receivers that we have. And I say probably because we don't know. We don't know what Garrett Wilson's going to do this year. But Garrett Wilson last year was better than anybody we had last year, so he's probably going to remain higher than anybody that he had last year. But that's it. And then he brought in Lazard and Cobb. So <laughs> it's the same guys. So th- this, is, this is maybe the worst offense he's ever played in. So I don't know who is saying that, but they are out of their freaking mind. Their defense, like they're this amazing, or they, they didn't have good defense this year, they're top five defense. But the thing is, their offense was also absolutely terrible. Right. So maybe teams that went in to face the Jets went in with the mindset of, hey, if we score 17 points, the game is over. A lot of times where teams have, where teams have the offense, so it's just, oh, they have a great defense. Once the offense comes around, they'll be unstoppable. The offense comes around, the defense starts to regress the mean a little bit. They just start sinking. I think the... Teams are going to score a lot more points against them when they start, when they, if, if their offense is any good. I think every team, no one took them seriously, and I don't think they're going to be top five again next year. And those are two biggest complaints about the offseason. Last thing is I want to say, I want to give you a movie recommendation. A little movie from two... Before we get there, um, I think that's a great point. If, if your, uh, if your offense is terrible... I think it's going to be less likely that teams are going to run up the score. In other words, if, if you score three points in a game, which happened twice last year, they scored three points twice, six points twice, and nine points once. That's five games under 10. I don't think very often teams are going to run up like 40 points on you. I could be wrong, but in those two games in which teams scored three points, the opposition or the, yeah, the, the Jets scored three points. The other team scored 19 and 10. Maybe that's just a good de- Jets defense, or maybe that's just, you don't have to do much. Yeah, I mean, again, we, we know, we've already talked about it, defenses fluctuate, right? The Jets were the number four defense when you're looking at, I think, points scored. I think they're points and yards. The Saints were number four the year before that. They dropped to ninth. Now, they didn't drop off the face of the earth, and I don't think it's very common for someone to go from fourth to 29th, but to just assume that everything automatically always gets better is silly and it's nonsense. You know, the Patriots went from number two down to number 11. Washington, if you go back to 2020, Washington was the number four defense. They ended up the 25th defense the next year. 2019, the number four defense was Chicago. The next year, they were 14th. In 2018, the number four team was the Texans. The next year, they were uh, 19th. In fact, let's just do it this way. All right, ready for this? I went back to 2010. Here is here are all the teams that ranked fourth. Just do it this way. Bears, Texans, Broncos, Saints, Bills, Denver, Denver. So twice they went back to back. Then Eagles, Texans, Bears, Washington, Saints, Jets. I know sometimes I do the city, sometimes I do the team. Freaking get over it. You know the difference. Here is where each and every one of those teams ranked the next year. 
14th, 9th, 22nd, 18th, uh, excuse me, 28th, 15th, 4th, 23rd, 12th, 19th, 14th, 25th, and 9th. Only one team, nobody got better. Not a single team got better. Only one team repeated, and the next year they went to 23rd. Only three teams in the entire span were top 10. And two of those three were ninth, barely top 10. There were more teams in the 20s than there were top 10. The Texans went from 4th to 22nd. The Broncos dropped to 28th. The Broncos again dropped to 23rd. And then the Bears dropped to 25th. Excuse me, I, I was reading that wrong. It was Washington that dropped to 25th. Denver 23rd. And then the Saints and the Broncos dropped 28th and 22nd. The average, in other words, if you if you just look at the last... 12 years of defenses and use that as what you should expect from the from the jets you know what the expected rank is 16th so you would be better off betting that the jets are worse than 20th than betting that they would be top 10 do you see now where the statistics come from saying that defensive success is wildly wildly volatile 2001 called Joyride, starring Steve Zahn and Paul Walker. It's actually free on YouTube if you watch it right now. It's free with ads. But it's a good movie about uh, two brothers making a road trip cross country, and they get a TV radio, and they pull a prank on the wrong trucker. The trucker starts tormenting them. It's a really good, simple, like, 90-minute movie. Just good, old-school, fun, a good road trip movie, too. I love those. But, uh, yeah, that's about all I have to say. Can't stand Lions, can't stand the Jets. Go Pack Go. I might have seen Joyride. It kind of, I, I remember, I'll say this, I remember Joyride, and it reminds me of some other movies I think that came out around that time. This was almost borderline like a theme. There was, there was also a scene that it reminds me of. I'm not sure if it was I Know What You Did Last Summer. I don't think it was. But anyways, I, I do remember Joyride. I'm not sure if I've seen it. Let me pull it up on the YouTubes. No, I'm not making fun of the Jews. That's just how my old landlord used to say it, so that's how we say YouTube in my family. Don't worry about it. Sure enough, there it is. Joyride, free with ads. I might check that out. I might just do it, man. I need something just in the background, you know, uploading the podcast, doing all that stuff that you don't want to have to do. I, I like the sitting down talking part, but all the other stuff is like, I don't uh, title, who cares? But anyways, Tim, I appreciate you calling in and uh, joining in on all the fun. Hey, y'all, this is Dakota, that nerd in Tennessee, and I just want you to know that I have been calling so much that you are now on my favorites. Whenever I look at my little, uh, what's it called, uh, contact list, um, you you are right there at the top under the little star that says favorite, so Ew. congratulations, y'all are my favorite. Anyway, this call is actually for, and I just, I just rewound, <laughs> oh, dear Lord, excuse me. I just rewind, uh, yeah, went back to listen to his name and I already freaking forgot. So is it Eli or Carpenter? Dear Lord, excuse me. Eli or, dear Lord, no, I'm dying. I'm going to call back. Oh, shoot. Who's Eli? I don't know. What are we talking about? I know you just called back, but I'm I'm trying to figure out. Eli, I'm dying. Is it Eli? Oh, I don't, I don't know if Eli Carpenter or what we're talking about. All right, uh, I think I made it. I'm glad. Um, okay, so I apologize for that, but Eli, the Carpenter from Duluth, Minnesota. Okay. I don't know if that's an actual town in Minnesota. I apologize if I said it wrong. But this call is for you and my uh, suggestion to your tattoo. So. I suggest you get a picture of a lion, you know, as per the lions, and it can be fierce. I don't know what kind of tattoos you like, and I only got like four myself, and I don't know, so I don't know, I don't know what kind, if they're colored, whatever. But whatever design you think is cool, cute, whatever you do, do that. Do do a like a fierce-ish lion. And then I want to interject here and say, Eli, the carpenter from Duluth, please do not get a cute lion tattoo. Um, I I cannot get behind that. Well, I, you should have it say, 
biting kneecaps. <laughs> yeah, because I think that would be amazing, hilarious, and a fun story. Or just get a tattoo of a lion biting somebody's kneecap. You know, like really tearing into that thing. I think that could be pretty good. For when your grandkids or whoever <laughs> in the future says, why do you have a picture of a lion on you that says biting kneecaps? So you can tell them about one Mr. Dan Campbell. Anyway, that's it. On picture of a lion, Pierce, chewing on something. Maybe chewing on a kneecap. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Peace. All right. Well, I'm glad we got through that. And um, I think that's a good suggestion. Hey, Ryan, uh, jumping in on everybody, talking about the drive, going to Green Bay. I'm, I'm really excited. Around then, my son will be like almost five. Maybe me and him take a trip up there. I guess we'll see. Um, but anyway, I just think it's, yeah, it's funny. All these people, all these uptight people that, like, don't want to go to Green Bay. Green Bay is fantastic. It's not this, like, little podunk town either. I, I don't I don't get it. Obviously, you've never been there. And the fact that... If you are a major sports reporter for the NFL and you have never gone to Lambeau Field, that's a that's a failure already right there. Like, how have you never been for a game to report on or anything? Um, but I can only imagine what they're going to think if they happen to walk in the grocery store and they see the green and gold hamburger and hot dog bun. Um, because it's like, well, these are definitely probably going to give me cancer, but, you know, it's the Packers, so I have to buy them. So, um, you know, it's just great. Everything's green and gold. Like, Unnecessarily, things were dyed green and gold in the in the grocery store when I was there. Uh, long, this is probably six seven years ago. But I'm assuming it's still that way. Um, and then uh, there was also a discussion of you know the Packers being a failure over the Favre and Rogers era. And I, I don't. To me, there's two ways to look at it. If you're looking, you know, from an organization football standpoint, the Packers' ultimate goal every year is obviously Super Bowl. Um, so if you're looking at it from a pure football perspective, I can see where you can make the argument that it was a little bit of a failure, but still, like there's plenty of teams that have no Super Bowl wins, and there's plenty of great quarterbacks that only had one in their career. So I don't, I don't even agree there. But I, I think the the team perspective of success and a fan football fan perspective of success should be very different. You know, like as a football fan, like you've said many times, like I want a good team, I want a competitor, makes it to the playoffs, you know, has a chance. Um, so I definitely don't see it as a failure. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's kind of two different perspectives there, and I think most of the media are looking at it from an organizational perspective and not a fan perspective. So, anyway, just my thoughts. Uh, go Pack Go. You know, one thing I'm wondering about with the whole um, media not being a big fan, of, I wonder how likely it is if the event is great. In other words, the people there enjoy it, they're not going to report that, you know? I mean that's that that wouldn't be all that uncommon in uh a lot of different things. You ever um see that rotten tomatoes thing? How often the um the regular viewer score is like the exact opposite of the critic score? It happens kind of a lot. In fact, most of the movies they think are magnificent, most people watch and say this is trash. And a lot of stuff that people like, the critics usually say is complete trash because they're just not on the same wavelength, which is why they're the absolute last people in the world that should be rating movies, the people that are doing it, because they're so stupid. I feel like it's kind of the same with the NFL media. First of all, they're not going to enjoy it because they're not going to partake. They're not going to be in the grocery store seeing the green and gold hamburger buns or whatever, which I've never seen. I've never apparently walked into a grocery store up there. But they're not going to do that. They're going to fly in. They're going to go to their hotel. They're going to go from the hotel to the stadium into their press box. And they're going to go from there back into their hotel and back and forth and back and forth trying to find the most upscale restaurant they can go to. They're going to go there, they're going to get their meals, and then they're going to fly out of there and they're going to piss and moan about how it was a terrible event. Like we all said, it didn't have the right accommodations, you know, we couldn't get into these restaurants because there was only a couple and we could, and they're just going to crap on it all day long. Because while 99.999% of the people are actually experiencing the event on the ground, the people that are going to have the megaphones are going to be the people who are not in any way experiencing it. So I just hope that the people on the ground that are enjoying it have a loud enough voice to make it very clear how successful of an event it was so that anybody complaining can be seen for what they truly are, which is just a complete whiner. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Kyle from Madison. How you doing? Good. Wanted to chime in on a couple things. The, the tattoo question here. Interesting. So I was thinking, depending on whether or not you wanted an obvious nod to the team or the team logo, I'm going to kind of come at this from a more um, 
subtle approach. So I was thinking you're in Duluth, Minnesota, the, the caller. Maybe uh, depending on what kind of motifs you got going on your for your uh, tattoo collection so far, that is kind of the easternmost kind of part of the plains. So I do think like the Buffalo Bills, which I believe was one of them, might be a cool. I, I could see some ways you could work that in to kind of go with the area a little bit, um, you know, and not make it as obvious, like obviously a sports logo if you wanted to, um, just because of that animal and the history of that that region of the country. So that's my two cents on that. Hey, I wanted to just say hello to our friends in Sweden. Um, that's awesome. Uh, so many years ago, I had quite a time in Coaster Sweden which is like a little, uh, I don't know what our analog would be here, maybe like a Door County. I believe it was an island. You had to take a ferry boat out there. But when you go to like Coaster Sweden and the surrounding area in the summer, um, they've got a couple clubs there. So we were, you know, I was young and dumb in Sweden. So you better believe I was loving life, living my best life. But you come out of the club like 2.30, and the sun is up, like, I mean, I'm talking summer day, birds <laughs> chirping, the sun is up at 3 a.m. And I remember coming out of this club and having to take a water taxi to Coaster. And, you know, in this country, in most parts of this country, you come out of a club and there's, you can kind of hide in the darkness. <laughs> uh, your, your, your indiscretions are kind of veiled to the rest of humanity because there's a ch- you walk outside and immediately feel shame because <laughs> it's morning time and the birds are chirping general kind of acceptance that there will be sleep soon it is night and in that part of sweden that is not the case you you are it is broad daylight at 3 a.m um taking a water taxi through sweden so to our swedish listeners um Awesome to uh, hear you're listening. I met a few Packer fans actually when I was there, even in the the late '90s. So they they are in uh, Northern Europe. But welcome, and I uh, hope everybody's doing great. Stay safe. Take care. Yeah, Sweden is one of those. Um, there's a few countries that it's a little bit disproportionate in terms of how many people are listening or how big the fan base is in comparison to what you would expect or what you see from around everywhere i mean obviously the united states is the big one and then you think okay maybe canada maybe a little bit uk maybe some mexico just because they're on the border there but you got countries like brazil you got sweden there's a few of them that there there just seems to be a little bit of a spike in fact i've had several people reach out from sweden and it's sweden in particular like i don't think i've talked to anybody at least that i'm aware of that was from norway you know it's all sweden but um yeah, several people that have reached out and I've been in contact with from Sweden. So there's a, for whatever reason, a decent enough size group of fans out there. Hey, Ryan. Um, everybody's calling. I had called before and talked about my uh, my experience when I went to Lambeau Field. But I think I got dumped and was never played, which is fine. But I, I think now talking about Green Bay, it's a great time for me to share now. Um, so I, I had sent my last call six or seven years ago. I'm actually realizing I think it was ten years ago somehow. Because it was the playoff game we lost to the 49ers and Kaepernick when he ran for, you know, set him up for the game when he field goal after we were winning the whole game. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, that sucked. But anyway, I'm pretty sure that was 2013. But let's just start getting there, right? We drive up, my family lives in Barry, southern Wisconsin, like almost Illinois. Uh, so we drove up from there, uh, because we were visiting for Christmas. And, like, Half the drive there, we're going like 40 miles an hour because somehow I guess we got a little water in our fuel tank and it was freezing and the car was sputtering and we didn't know if we were going to make it. And, you know, you've heard about everybody parks in the yards of people that live around the stadium. Well, we drive up to this guy's house. He's standing out there. He's got a sign. And he's like, hey, where are you from and everything, you know? Uh, I'm not going to try the accent because I'll butcher it, but um, y- you all know the accent I'm talking about. Uh, and... We're telling him what's going on, and he's like, oh, he's like, just, just park in my garage, right? And <laughs> the dude literally opens his garage, doesn't charge us any extra from what he's charging people to park in the grass, lets us park in his garage, brings us in his house, he's got this map, he's got pins on it where people park, they put a pin on where they're from, you know, so we put ours in Virginia and whatnot, and, you know, he's got food for us in there and everything, he's giving a, he's like, oh, you guys want a beer, you know, just like, 
the nicest people ever, right? And of course, we're Packers fans. Of course, it's gonna be nice to us, right? Well, uh, this is not for the game. Windshield was at point, so we froze the entire game. We were winning, and then when you when you lose and it's froze, now you're miserable. But anyway, so we lose, and I'm like. I'm angry, and I'm not going to go, like, attacking the 49ers fans that are there or anything, but I also, like, don't want to talk to you, you know. And all the Packer fans around us are, like, hugging the 49ers fans, like, oh, it's been little next week and everything. And I'm like, wrong to you people. Like, I don't think this nice. <laughs> but it's just it's a different class of people, um, and it's going to be a great time for anybody who goes. And anybody who doesn't like it, they just, uh, they're just they set out from the get-go with a mindset to not have fun. So, um you know what? I'm not going to make you believe it, but F those people. So, anyway, that is my Lambo experience. I can't believe it was 10 years ago, so I'm excited to get back to a game. But, uh, anyway, go back, go. Yeah, I mean, just expect it to feel like a big, massive backyard barbecue family reunion and you're part of the family. That's it. That's that's what it is. Hey, Ryan, Russ, the realist here. Hey, Russ. Wondering what you think about moving Aaron Jones to wide receiver and trading for Debo Samuel. Okay. It's not like we do anything with our first-round picks anyways. We can't seem to use any resources to fix our offense. This might be a good compromise. And then at safety, do you think we could move Rasul to safety and try to trade it for Zayden Howard? Let me know. I think we're in serious trouble at DB, but there are options. And I'm excited about them. Also, I'm really stressed about this new kicker. I can't find any good stats on him. In my opinion, it's essential to have a punter and kicker who can tackle really well. <laughs> That's what made Pat McAfee and Mason Crosby so good. Okay, go Pack, go. Oh, Russ. Um, all right. I always have to go back to the top and take it item by item. Should we move Eric Jones to wide receiver and trade for Debo Samuel? I'm trying to think who Eric Jones... Are you talking about Eric Stokes or Aaron Jones? And if we do that, do we still need Debo Samuel? It's not like we do anything with our first-round picks anyway. Okay. Uh, might be a good compromise. And then at safety, do you think we can move Razul to safety and try to trade for Xavier Howard? No, I don't. The only way that I would see that is if Eric Stokes comes back, then I would definitely consider it because we'd have Stokes and Jair with Keyshawn Nixon in the slot. I know that it it seems as though Razul is, um, let's say, higher on the pecking order than Stokes, but just in terms of getting your, your best guys out there and then giving Stokes a legitimate opportunity to kind of get back into the swing of things, I think he needs to be out there rather than just ride the bench because, hey, Razul is marginally better. And then a puncher kicker that can tackle. I'll tell you what, Russ, the realist, you are not alone in that. I, I came to realize, and I did not realize this, that if you are a kicker and a punter and tackling is not a strength of yours, then Packer fans don't want you. I didn't realize that was a thing. I thought it was a joke when people started getting upset. I think it was J.K. Scott. I can't really remember. Maybe it was before J.K. Scott, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I legitimately did not think that that was a serious thing, but apparently it's a serious thing. That's, that's a major need for Packer fans when it comes to kickers is tackling. So... Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry you're stressed. I don't think there's anything we can do to fix it. Have we taken a break yet? Why don't we take a break? We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, Ryan. Jonathan again from Colorado, Texas. I don't know anymore. But the question about the Rodgers, not if he retires and comes to plays, but you know how during the NFL draft, uh, during the NFL draft, you know how in Kansas they had Travis Kelsey and from the homes and they have these other Hall of Famers come back and introduce draft picks. In twenty twenty five, do you think that they will bring Rogers back no. to, you know, announce draft certain draft picks, things like that. Mm. I don't know what no, no, I confuse myself with this question. Not very much. <laughs> I I see you called in again. Are you are you uh I don't know if you're trying to correct that or what. I couldn't hear what you said at the end there, but I'll answer it. Rodgers is not going to be announcing the picks. I mean, if if I wouldn't doubt it if the Packers would would like that just from the standpoint of like getting some serious hype, but I don't think Rodgers would do it. And that's assuming he's not still in the NFL, right? I mean, it's 2023, he's a Jet. If he feels like they have a legitimate shot after this year, he may stay. He may also, I mean, again, if he has an opportunity to get moved over to the 49ers, who certainly don't have a uh, quarterback, I think he would jump at that opportunity. But anyways, uh, let's see what the next call is. Hey, Ron, Jonathan again. Uh, just the last question. I talk kind of fast, so it is hard to understand sometimes. <laughs> Apologies. All good. Two, the Aaron Rodgers question was more so pertaining to the draft and when players come back. And, you know, they make announcements and say, well, Aaron Rodgers coming across the podium, making the Packers' first, second-round pick or something. I don't know, something like that. But I also wanted to make a bold prediction. Okay. You know, it's not a prediction, it's just a spoiler. Next year, I got a strong feeling, as they did in the League of League and touchdowns, rushing, huh? Aaron Jones... Total yards from scrimmage. Okay. Call it a hunch. Call it a prediction. Call it a spoiler. Call it whatever you want. Am I being very optimistic right now? Yes. But they throw up there so young. <laughs> Not by young, I mean, you know, his first four years. I think they're going to really lean on the run like we were supposed to last year, but didn't because we had, you know, that guy in the last year. But this year, I got a feeling that Dylan, this week, Russian touchdown, which in my opinion, I think is a very hard thing to do, honestly. And Aaron Jones, least week, in total yards from scrimmage for running Who? Um. All right. So I, I think I heard Aaron Jones leads the team in yards, which is certainly possible. Uh, but it, but, but I think we may have had a lot of people making that same prediction last year. I'm not sure, and I, and I'm assuming you're talking all purpose. 
I, I'm very tempted because that's just how I operate to go back and start looking at it, you know, what did he, what, what it is. First of all, all purpose yards are actually really hard to find. I, I forget if I was even able to find it last time. I just could, it seems like it would be very easy. You know, same with Christian Watson. Every time I want to pull up his stats, like total yards, total touchdowns, I have to go and look at his receiving yards and touchdowns and then rushing yards and touchdowns. I usually just want to see total touchdowns, but it's like, come on, man. Just tell me how many touchdowns a guy got. But without really digging into it and kind of giving my thoughts on it, I'll say I... See, I don't even want to say it now because maybe, for all I know, he had the most (laughs) scrimmage yards last year. I would guess that that doesn't happen, but it's really not that hard to see why it would happen. Um, As you said, there, there is a chance that his usage goes up, although I think we continue to expect that and it just never happens. When Matt LaFleur got here, oh, he's gonna, we're going to be running the ball a ton. Didn't happen. 2022, when Devontae left, he's going to be running a bunch more. Didn't happen. Now this year, Rodgers is gone. He's going to be running a bunch more. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, this time it'll actually happen, but I just, I don't think so, man. We've been begging for more Aaron Jones since McCarthy was around and it just has never materialized, which is a shame. Um, I, I think the other reason it would be not just from a him being utilized more standpoint, another reason why I think it's entirely possible, I think the other facet is how much are the targets going to be spread out, right? When you factor in not just Watson and Dobbs and Reed, but then you've got the other wide receivers and also you've got Dylan snagging some, you've got uh, the other, the tight ends with Musgrave, Kraft, and DeGuara. So even if Aaron Jones has... Well, let's at least do this. Let's look at his receiving yards. So he had... Man, he, he's up... Yeah. Wait. He did have the most last year, didn't he? Who would have beaten him? He had 1,121 yards and almost 400 receiving yards. I think a better question is, is he going to have more rushing yards than anybody else has receiving yards? And the answer to that is probably even yes. So, yeah, he's going to have the more... Uh, all-purpose yard. In fact, the, here's another question. How many receivers are going to have more receiving yards than Aaron Jones is? Because he's been hovering at 400 for four years. 474, 355, 391, 395. I mean, that's, that's it's got to be almost exactly 400. Not going not gonna to buy into the temptation of checking, but so 400 yards. Just from the top three, I would have to assume two of them. I don't know that there's going to be a third that has more receiving yards than Aaron Jones. So, again, I couldn't quite understand exactly what it was you said Aaron Jones would have, but I think scrimmage yards is a borderline lock. Now, it's possible somebody has a massive season, whether that be Reed Dobbs Watson, and they end up with 1,500 yards, and that can possibly push them over where Aaron Jones is in terms of all-purpose yards, especially when you factor in, like, if it's Watson, he's going to have some rushing yards in addition to that. Probably not a ton, but maybe. I mean, if he broke one for a touchdown, that's, you know, he could steal 40 yards on the ground that's not insignificant in one play you know but um yeah I'm, I, I i there's so many fun questions we need to be uh playing with this a little bit more i wish it was a better way to kind of interact i mean there's twitter but the vast majority of you are not there you know there's like the select group that's there that i can talk to and then there's all of you there's there should be more interactive ways to I know. I think Spotify was going to have some stuff where you could have like polls embedded and stuff. I wish they would start doing that with podcasts, man. Like YouTube has that. Maybe I'm just on the wrong. <laughs> it's just the wrong thing I'm doing here. Anyways, man, I wish I can give you a better answer. Again, I just I couldn't quite understand what you were saying. And but you know, um, yeah, looking at it, I think Aaron Jones is a borderline lock for all-purpose yards if he's healthy for the season. I think if somebody overtakes him, that's going to be a pretty massive chunk because again, I'm I'm saying. There's a floor of about 1,200 yards there. So that's pretty massive. hey hey It is Thomas Austin again. How's it going, bud? I am calling to ask a question about you. Okay. The question goes as follows. Are there certain people in your life who believe you to be an expert on a subject that you feel like you have no knowledge on. Hmm. Like an example in my personal life (laughs) is that everybody from my parents to my wife's parents to grandparents all around and everybody in my family and her family, they look at me like I'm some sort of tech guy. 
Like, I know what the heck I'm doing. Sure. And yes, I am able to troubleshoot and problem solve most of their problems. However, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, man. I don't know. Why are you asking me? Go, go look it up. YouTube is wonderful. Google has all the answers. Reddit. You know, just go ask someone else. Don't come to me. Don't put that stress on me. If something breaks, that's on me. I have to pay for it. I feel bad. You get angry at me. And now you look at me like I'm so insulted. Like, oh my God, that? Which isn't too far from the truth. But still, you put that pressure on me, not me. Yep. I didn't ask for this. I get it. But yeah, do you have anything like that? Okay, bye. The only thing I think would be the Packers, and even then I think it's people just trying to make small talk with a person who's not very adept at small talk and knowing that Packers will be a thing that I will open up on. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that would be the only thing. And I try to not get too into it because I think it's just generally small talk, people just trying to come up with stuff, and I tend to want to launch into my tirades and all this stuff, so I try to just keep it concise. You know, Yeah, I think so, probably, or whatever. And um, but I, I can't really think of too many other things. Um, I'm, my, my goal at some point would be that I'm sort of the go-to guy for people that know me as far as like grilling and cooking and whatnot. Um, and that would be also an area where if people were doing that now, then it would be, as you described, an area that I don't know much about. Cause I really don't. I mean, it's a massive and, and football in general, I guess would be that if people like really wanted, you know, 500 level education on what all that's dude i don't know man i just give stupid opinions about a team that i like and watch a lot um but no i i can't think of too many things that are specifically like that um no no packers are the only thing that people really talk to me about and again i'm hoping that someday people care about my thoughts on on food but they don't by the way my random forced topic of the day that you're going to have to listen to <laughs> because I don't have a barbecue podcast is this. It's my one musing of the day. I've realized I've, I've kind of gone into a, a new phase of this whole thing and that is from learning how you're supposed to do it to learning how I like to do it. You know, so when you first get into it, it's like everything is like this, these laws that you have to follow, most of which you find out are not true. But one of the things that always bothered me was you buy these these rubs, right? It's a big part of barbecues. You get a barbecue rub. And they all kind of taste the same. And I don't think they're that good. They're okay, but they're not that good. And I just got to the point now where I kind of realize what I'm looking for. It kind of goes back to the whole Kansas City uh, or, um, yeah, what is it? Kansas City and Memphis style of barbecue that I like. Most of the rubs that I taste are not necessarily my favorite, but some of them are just very sweet smoky barbecue which is what I like. And a lot of them are just super cheap, too. Like McCormick, you know? And it's like, well, how could you use that instead of this? So then anyways, there was a, a recipe that I was making that needed Old Bay seasoning. I've never bought it in my life, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's like a buck twenty for an Old Bay thing. So I'll get that. I had heard a long time ago that I think, I think back in the day, most people just used to just use Old Bay on stuff. That was just, you know, or, or you know, these there were, there were a couple of different seasonings that were kind of go-tos before everybody had these rubs and everything else, you know, back in the olden days. And, and I think Old Bay was one of them. So I tried just today, because I, I used a little bit for the seasoning. I kind of smelled it, whatever. But it just dawned on me today. I took a big pinch of Old Bay seasoning, and I realized this is what everybody's doing. They're just, these are just spinoffs of Old Bay, right? They're not quite as spicy. They've got sort of these bigger chunks, and there's a little bit more sweet to it and all that. But it's like they took Old Bay... And then they put their variations on Old Bay. I've never used Old Bay. I didn't grow up eating Old Bay. I don't like Old Bay. I mean, it's fine, but that, that's the point. Like, that, that's what everybody in that world grew up accustomed to is that style, that flavor, that Old Bay taste. I didn't. So I don't think necessarily, not that I won't try some different rubs and things that come out, but considering all the rubs have this almost exact identical same taste to them, and they're all kind of built off of this Old Bay type of flavor, I don't think I'm going to spend a billion dollars on these overpriced seasonings when I can get much cheaper stuff that's much more attuned to my taste. So anyways, I found that interesting. That and, and I don't know that. That's just a theory that I'm operating off of. But when I heard that a lot of people just used to use Old Bay as their seasoning, 
and then I compared the taste of Old Bay and literally, like, grab any pork rub. If you have Old Bay, grab any pork rub or anything like that in your arsenal and, and just taste them side by side. It's like, this is, this is the same thing. It's the same freaking thing. And it, it's a cool feeling, too, because it's like, there's a lot of different flavors out there, and I'm not super big on this one anyways. And, and the other thing, all right, last thing, and then we're moving on. I was watching uh, Matt from Meat Church, who makes very, very popular in the rub world. I've got several upstairs right now. It's actually the one that I compared it to. It was, I think, Holy Gospel or Gospel or one of the two. Almost identical. The, I do prefer the, the Meat Church one. It's got sweeter and more, more flavor and more stuff to it, but similar. But one of the things he said he focused on was color, because a lot of this has to do with competition. A lot of guys that win these competitions, what, what is the, the deal with competition? It's about everything has to look a certain way and taste a certain way. And a lot of the way it's supposed to taste is based on established ways that things taste. So it's the Old Bay flavoring and a, and a hyper focus on making sure there is a deep red color on it. Dude, I don't give a crap. <laughs> I just want stuff to taste good. So... It was somewhat of a liberating moment where I just get to branch out and get a bunch of different stuff and be like, I don't freaking care. I'm not using this stuff anymore. I mean, I'll use it, but very excited to kind of branch out because there's a lot of good stuff out there. In fact, there's a spice company down by where my dad lives that has their own blends. Oh, dude, it's, it is absolutely next level. Anyways, there's your uh, forced lecture of the day. Hey, Ryan. Hey. What's up, man? What's up? Joe's janitor. How's it? From Connecticut. What's up? So, um, I was, uh, listening to this podcast earlier, and, uh, someone made some comments about Roger's legacy, sure. and, um, I was thinking about it, and, and honestly, if, what if Rogers did not win that Super Bowl in 2010? Yeah. And, uh, and say he maybe went on to win one later in his career, or now he, you know... It's 2020, 2021, he finally gets one, but, like, in 2020, looking back at Rodgers having played from 2008 and never getting that Super Bowl in 2010, would we look at him as a different quarterback? I mean, there's a lot of disappointments in there and a lot of letdowns and a lot of Kurt Cousinism. So, um... Just thinking, if we never got that 2010 Super Bowl, will we look at at Rodgers as a little bit better of a Kirk Cousins guy that just can win you games but never get over that hump? I mean, it's never going to be looked at that way, obviously, because, you know, Rodgers did win that Super Bowl, but not much after that. Show him. I think that is, is actually a very good point to make in in um, as an argument for why the Super Bowls don't negatively reflect or shouldn't negatively reflect on his career. Think about all of the throws that that guy has made. If the the well, let's go back to it here. We beat the Eagles by five points, largely on the back of the defense. Let's say the defense gives up another touchdown and we lose that game, twenty three twenty one. What does that change about Aaron Rodgers' career? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, there would be three more games that he doesn't play, Atlanta, Chicago, Pittsburgh, in terms of throws that he does or doesn't make. But it, the extra touchdown that was scored had nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. And then if we just assume 2011 on, he makes the exact same throws the exact same way, does everything the exact same. It has no bearing on what he's done over his career. So if taking away a Super Bowl doesn't necessarily negatively reflect the abilities that he had, then should adding one fix anything? Not necessarily. Now, again, there, there is sort of that conversation about, you know, those indefinable qualities, the Tom Brady leadership effect and all that kind of stuff. But just from a standpoint of, like, how good of a football player this guy is and where his name should rank in the halls of, of great quarterbacks, whether the guy won zero or four, it doesn't change how good he was. As a quarterback, right? There, there are some other things that you can maybe nitpick this, that, or the other, and maybe if he would have done this or this would have happened, then maybe that could have happened, especially in recent memory when Rodgers was just not playing well in the postseason, right? 2020, he was great, but 2019, 2021, 2022, final game of the season, Rodgers wasn't there, right? Fine. But, I mean, the, the, the guy's reputation stands on its own. And no matter what anybody wants to say, one of the best 
pure throwers of the football ever. I mean, he's, 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 I think you probably most closely compare him to somebody like Dan Marino. He doesn't have championships, but who gives a crap? What does that have to do with his ability, right? The, the, the guy's mobility, his ability to throw off, you know, off platform, make beautiful throws, just a great thrower of the football. I have no idea how well Dan Marino's team did. I know they didn't win any championships. I don't know how many playoff appearances. I don't know any of that stuff. All I know is he's one of the best passers of the football that has ever been. And I think Rodgers belongs in that category. And then you look at guys like John Elway. And again, I'm, I'm not a historian or anybody that jumps in. A lot of people like these kind of arguments about going back in the day and comparing. And all. I don't know, dude. I'm not going back and watching it. My memory isn't strong enough to remember what they looked like playing. I have no idea. I was like 10 years old when Dan Marino was throwing the ball around. But uh, John Elway, a lot of people think that he just rode a really good team and wasn't actually that good of a quarterback. So who's better, Marino or Elway? Are we just going to count Super Bowls or are we going to talk about who is a better talent? Or maybe John Elway just had some indefinable qualities that made the team super good. I, I don't know. Point is, I guess I'm just not really worried about it. A lot of people are going to hem and haw and freak out and cry and we should have had more Super Bowls and championships and all that stuff. I, whatever, man. If you're mad, you're mad. I'm not. That's all I can tell you. You're not going to make me mad. I'm probably not going to make you happy. So it is what it is. Anyways, I think I'm going to leave it at that. I got a couple of mistakes that I got to make. Not mistakes, although I probably will make mistakes. Uh, not just generally, but also uh, with the stakes. It's the benefit of telling your wife, she's at the store, what do you want? Like, well, I, I need some meat to grill. Well, tell me what you want. Like, well, I don't know what the prices are. And I just, just, if you see something on sale, grab it. Well, guess what's on sale? Baby back ribs and ribeye. Oh, I uh, wouldn't have done it myself. Wouldn't have been my choice because I'm cheap. But I am super glad that she pulled the trigger because those are steak and ribs. I, I don't know if it gets much better than that. So I'm going to go try not to mess this up. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you later. Have a good one. Goodbye. Goodbye.